Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Boy, I got to tell you, it's, uh, it's always strange the first Shabbat after Shavuot because I'm not opening with the counting of the Omer. I'm not, I don't have pictures. I, I Typically, of course, I've got all these pictures from Israel. I show you every week as we count down the Omer up until Shavuot. Well, Shavuot was yesterday, so for the first time in, uh, since Passover, I don't have pictures of Israel to show you on the screen, but that's okay. Why? Because Shavuot uh, is now complete. Uh, and now you know what time it is, and we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be talking about what time it is now, now that Shavuot has occurred. It's very special, by the way. Prepare yourself, let the Lord speak and minister to you. I really believe, uh, and, I, and I, don't, I don't typically say this, although please God, it's true in the, the anointing of the, of the Ruach, if you let the Lord move in your life, but I think this, if you listen and open your spiritual ears, some of your lives can be changed today. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I was mentioning a little bit earlier with, uh, with the ladies that I was speaking with. I remember when I was back in, in Georgia Tech Business School. Uh, those were the days, oh my gosh, boy, really wild. We were still using an abacus. <laughs> no, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Mm. But there was a course, actually, I remember uh, at Tech, there was a course in the business school where we ran a computer-generated marketplace simulation. Uh, yes, they had computers when I went to school. Okay, so, and how it worked is this. We were in groups or kind of companies, so the, the professor divided the class into groups of four. And so each group of four that they randomly kind of assigned, uh, four people was a company or a group, and, and everybody was in competition with each other in the class. So every company was in competition with other companies, if you will. And, and each company had to decide things, uh, make decisions, make business decisions. It was, again, a computer uh, simulated marketplace scenario. And so each company had a number of decisions that they had to make every single time period. Decisions such as how many products to make, okay, how many of the widgets or whatever are we going to make, how much to invest in capacity, what, what are we going to invest in the capacity to, to build you know, uh, production facilities and such, how much would we spend on advertising, 
what would the price of our product be? This all had to be entered into the computer so that we could make a decision as to uh, what we were going to be doing, a service, what kind of service we would offer, salaries, a number of other variables. These were all kind of objective variables that we put into the computer, each company did, before the computer simulation would run. And, uh, and so you had all these variables that were there, and then the whole class got in a big room. Okay, so we got in this large room, and, uh, and everybody had their computer monitors, and everybody entered their decisions. And about every five to 10 minutes, the computer simulation, which would represent a week's worth of time, if you will, would run. And so, boom, a week would run uh, in the computer every five to 10 minutes, which gave results based on every company's decisions. So the computer took all the different companies' decisions, and then the simulation ran, and then we would see the results for what happened that week, how your company did versus the competitor companies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then after that five to 10 minute period, the new decisions had to be made. And so we had to react based on what we saw in the marketplace, and then we, our group of four got together like, okay, now what are we going to do? Okay, how much are we going to do in capacity this time? What is our price of our widget going to be? Whatever. And so it was all very interactive, and it was high-paced, and it was kind of a pressure-filled uh, situation and that kind of thing. And I was the, the CEO of our little company of four people, and after the first simulation, uh, I could see based on how the simulation ran, that the demand for the products, everybody was selling the same product, and so there was, there was little way, so it was all kind of in the same marketplace, if you will. We were in the same space. But I could see that demand was really, really high. There was high demand for the product out there. And so looking at that, I talked and went to our team and we discussed it and we made the decision to absolutely go nuts on capacity. So we just built some capacity, like just absolutely, totally uh, went, went crazy building, building capacity for future production right? And it takes a little time. It takes a few rounds for the capacity to be built because when you build a production capacity, it takes some time to build it. That's built into the simulation. And so after a, more, a few more simulations and simulated weeks, our capacity was ready. And so at that point, we began absolutely spamming the market with product. I mean, we just started putting massive amounts of product on, uh, on the marketplace, right? But it was clear to me that also that demand was still so much above supply. There was so much demand for this little product and the simulation. And so when we had the week or the simulation that we decided to go ahead and just all, all our production capacity was ready and we had massive capacity to put out product, we decided in the same week we were going to raise our prices. And, uh, and when I say raise our prices, typically in the simulation between the first couple of weeks, prices, the companies would raise it maybe 1% or raise their price 2% or 3% maybe, or some would try to undercut and reduce the price 2%. So we raised our prices 50%. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And again, remember, each team did this without knowing what the other companies were doing. And so we were all kind of doing this blind... 50% increase in the price and massive production we did. And, and the simulation ran. And so we're like, 
And, and we all looked at each other like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? It's, let's do it. Let's just do it. Let's go for it here. And we were all just kind of like holding our breath. And then uh, it, I remember it was a big classroom, all these computer monitors and stuff. And then boom, the simulation for that week ran. And it was revealed at that point to all the other teams that we, that we had raised our prices by 50%. Okay, so everybody else saw, they were all have their own products they were selling, but they saw at, at a moment, because it listed all the different teams or you know, companies and, and the prices were the first line, and they could see our price was 50% higher than everybody else's. And I will never forget, much like, much like in here, but for a different reason, I promise you I'll never forget this, in the classroom, we were like holding our breaths, and then boom, the simulation ran. It was 50% higher, and there was audible laughter in the room. I mean, everybody else saw our prices, and they were like, I mean, you heard, whoa, <laughs> and they would start cracking up, and people were like, give me a break. I mean, you could hear people, because they didn't exactly know who was who. They just saw the company names, and they're like, you could tell that people thought it was absolutely not only ridiculous, but they thought it was maybe a joke. What in the world is this company's committing company suicide and 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 there was literally I'll never forget the audible laughter that was just like it was when I told you uh, up 50% it was just so uh, out of line except for the fact that demand was very strong demand was very 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 strong so suddenly as the simulation began to run for that week you know the computer starts going you could see it happening kind of real time and 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 as the simulation started going suddenly our products started selling, even though, but because remember, we had massive capacity. And so, boom, the other products of the other companies sold out very fast, of course, because they were so low priced, but the demand was still there. And so suddenly our products started selling like hotcakes and selling and selling and selling. And then we sold out with our huge capacity and 50% price increase. And because our price was so much higher than everybody else's, and because our capacity was so much more than everybody else's, the money that came into our, hypothetical, it wasn't real money, the money that came into our company was vastly more than any other company in the simulation. And uh, the laughing stopped. <laughs> And what that did is having all that money, just massive amounts of money available, there, there was a premium to rush build capacity. And we're like, hey, let's rush build capacity because we got so much extra money. We, so we rushed build even more capacity, advertised even more, and we raised our prices again. And by the end of the simulation, I mean, this simulation ran, and by the end of the simulation, our company was like, Apple or Walmart or something. I mean, it was, it was absolutely kind of ridiculous compared to all the other companies. I mean, we were a multiple ahead of all the other companies when the, when the simulation ended. And, and obviously, I, I did well in the class, but that's not the point here. And also, my point here is not to extol the virtues of capitalism and to tell you, hey, increase your prices 50%. That's not my point here. But there is a biblical principle that's involved. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, please, chapter 10. Proverbs, chapter 10. And let's read something that relates to this, but also relates to the season that we are in right now, James. A very important season. The season I'm talking about is the season right after Shavuot. 
Proverbs chapter 10, Bavakasha, starting in verse 4. Proverbs, written by Grandpa Solomon, <laughs> says this, Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. He who gathers crops in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. Very, very interesting, friends. What an interesting and deep, deep proverb here. You want to be wise? Do you want to be wise? Do everybody wants to be wise? What does, uh, what does Melech Shlomo King Solomon say? He says, gather your crops while it is summer. Gather your crops while it is summer. Chavarim Shavuot was yesterday. It was only yesterday. Actually, it was today until sundown. Memorial Day is this Monday. This is the traditional start of summer, traditionally, right? Both biblically and culturally, even in America. This is kind of like the official, unofficial, whatever. It's the traditional start of summer with Shavuot having just ended. Our God teaches us to be wise in his word. He tells us to gather our crops when it is summer, Oh, I want you to start weighing into the words of the Lord and let it sink deep into your spirit. Shavuot represents the beginning of the wheat harvest. We talked all about it yesterday, right? That's the final harv the final grain harvest of the year. And that begins Shavuot. That began yesterday. Okay, so now we are in harvesting mode. We are in full harvest mode because we had some harvest, the early grains back in the Passover season. You understand, so, but by now, man, we are now summer. If you've been to Israel, uh, the ladies have been to Israel. I was in Israel a couple of weeks ago. You know that we saw the wheat was almost ready. Those of you who were with me a couple of weeks ago know that the wheat is, am I right, Yoel? Joel is, is our service leader is with me just a few weeks ago. We were right there, right the, at Shedorot uh, down there. And remember the, the wheat, it was, wow, the, 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 it looked amazing. And you could tell it was getting near harvesting time. That was a few weeks ago, boom. It's now harvesting time and they are ready. We are in full harvest mode or at least we should be. And this has many applications for all of us friends in many different areas. First, there is the physical, the physical. Yes, there is time in our life when there should be a physical harvest. Beloved, if you are in your working years, Hear what was said in the book of Proverbs. Don't be lazy and slack off. If you are in your working years, brothers and sisters, make your shekels now. Make your shekels now. Now is when you should be harvesting. And be aware for other opportunities that may come into your life to make even more shekels. Friends, this is not a materialistic message. It's not a prosperity gospel message. Listen, friends, material things are not, underline not, are not the most important. And God does not promise us all material riches. But he does teach us to be hard workers and to be wise with our finances. He teaches us this explicitly 
Why? One of the main reasons is that it will enable us to bless others and to prepare for the winter season of our lives when there is not as much harvest to be found. And so friends, on a physical level, if this is where you're at, hear the message of King Solomon in this, in this regard. Have those diligent hands and gather those crops in summer. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 30, please. Proverbs 30. Very, very interesting here we see. What do we read here in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 24? It's very interesting. We're just going to read one out of the four. Four things on earth are small, yet they are exceedingly wise. Ants are creatures with little strength, yet they store up their food in summer. This is something that is a very simple thing. Ants and uncles. Be kind of equal there on that regard. <laughs> ants and uncles, right? Okay, ants are small. Compared to us humans, ants are not strong. They're strong for their size. They're incredibly strong for their size. But compared to us, they don't have much strength. Yet they store up their food in summer. It is exceedingly wise, Scripture says. Exceedingly wise to store up your food in summer. Why? Because you have to be ready for fall and winter. Beloved, this will enable ministry in your life because you will not be as burdened with not being able to afford the rent. Okay, I'm talking, I got a, a big finance guy over there and I got my friend Ben. He could tell you, you've got to, you've got to store up those acorns while you can, my friends. You don't know what the future holds. But if you are older and you've already made some decisions in your life that you look back at and you have regrets. Huh? Friends, at whatever point you are at, it doesn't matter if you're young or old, wherever you are right now, gather your crops while you can. And even if you haven't prepared as well physically, you can still seek to gather your crops spiritually. And that's what I want to talk about next because there is the spiritual harvest that is in summer. And that is not tied to your age necessarily, but it is tied to the opportunities you have in your life at that moment. Sometimes I see people who have toiled in their lives and they've grown so much spiritually. I'm talking about people who have been in the Lord a longer time, right? And, and they've been through the trials. They've been through the testings. And they've come out the other side. And it's like, wow, Baruch Hashem, praise God. They've come out the other side of all this, and they've had so many life experiences, yet it almost seems like they want to take that knowledge to the grave, See, friends, if that is you, seek to reap the harvest 
while you still can. Too many people are afraid to share with other people the wisdom that they've gained through sowing and reaping. Seek to bless the next generation. Friends, share with your family members who do not know about Yeshua. Oh, but, but you don't know. It's, there's a lot of it's complicated. Gather the crops while it is summer. Share with them the truth. You always can find an excuse to put it off till tomorrow. Just like in the physical realm, you always can find an excuse to put it off until tomorrow. Don't put it off until tomorrow. Share with those family members who don't know about Yeshua. Encourage your neighbor or your restaurant server or the barista at Starbucks. You understand, I'm not talking about in some kind of condescending, preaching way. I'm saying in a loving way, in a sagely way. Beloved, you're going to find that people are desperate for answers. If you know Messiah Yeshua, you have answers. It's not because of your greatness, it's because of his greatness. Don't be afraid or shy to share some of what God has done in your life that can help them. Sometimes you'll see situations, you'll see people, and people are just like, eh, not, not getting involved in that, or, oh boy, they seem grumpy. I'm going to just stay away from yeah. Give them an encouraging word. Give them something uplifting. You don't know what difference that might make. And as you develop a relationship with people, share with them the truth of the word of God. Share with them how, wow, you know, I went through that too. You know, I went through something similar to that, but the Lord sustained me through it. Thank God. The Lord. What are you talking about? The Lord. It may not even be on their radar. You see, You've got to harvest while it's summer. In other words, while the crops are there waiting for you in the ground, you got to harvest and not be lazy and just sit on your hands and say, well, boy, well, look at, the, look at all the, the wheat, look at all the grain, look at all the, the fruit and, and vegetables just sitting there. Wow, it's really pretty. No, 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 no. You got to go harvest, my friends. Matthew chapter nine, please. Matthew, the book of Matthew chapter nine. This is important, has so many applications, physically, spiritually. It definitely has that physical application. We need to be gathering while we can, but a spiritual application as well. Matthew chapter 6, verse 36, speaking about Yeshua, Hamashiach, the Messiah, it says this, You've heard this passage. Verse 36, when he, when Yeshua, saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, his Talmudim, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of harvest 
that he may send out workers into his harvest field. Friends, in, in summer, it's harvest time. Any farmer will know that and can tell you that. Probably a lot of you know that I, for, for many decades, I was a farmer. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I was, not, I was not a farmer at all. That's, that's not true at all. <laughs> I had a garden for a couple of years, and I remember one time when I grew corn in my backyard garden, Mr. Mr. G, Mr. Goldberg tilled it for me. Uh, and got the land ready, and I planted, and I, and I had, I don't know, maybe 20 big stalks of corn, you know, and uh, uh, that's about it. Okay. <laughs> I got half a cob out of that uh, harvest, I have to admit. But I, but I fed the bugs really well, though. They were well fed. They were like, thank you. It was like a drive-through for the bugs, really it was. I mean, they were like, <laughs> they were like it was like Chick-fil-A for bugs. They were just they kept driving around and it was amazing really, you know, and I, I just went out there uh, my pleasure. <laughs> Friends, it's summer, it's harvest time, but Yeshua tells us that the workers are few. The workers are few. Don't you want to be one of Yeshua's workers? So the exhortation here is to get busy in the fields. And that exhortation is physical and has its applications to our personal daily lives and decisions. Get working. Get working in the field. Sometimes in the summer, that's where you got to get the second job. But also it has its applications to our spiritual responsibilities. We're supposed to be workers in his harvest. If I could ask you so bluntly and lovingly, are you? Are you actively seeking to bring people in? Messiah says the harvest is plenty and it's still summer. Shavuot just finished. Memorial Day is this Monday. Physically, it's summer, but spiritually, it's still summer, although I believe it's late in the season. The applications of this principle are copious in our lives. You've heard the expression, make hay while the sun still shines. You've all heard that. It's not a biblical proverb, but it's based on the Proverbs that we just read. And it's an old, centuries-old farmer's charge not to wait too long to do what you need to do. I mean, the expression is literally making hay. You understand, making hay is not like a farmer will make hay for the animals and such. Make hay while the sun still shines. It's a literal exhortation. Don't wait too long. Don't wait too long. That hay ain't going to be there forever. Many, many applications. For some, that means get your resume out there and get a better job. 
very practical. Do so now. For some, it means to go ahead and put in the time, start that new business. Maybe it's starting the new business while you already have a job. For some, it means to invest now in, in giving to the work of the Lord with generosity. While you have the finances that are coming, and bless God big. For some of you, this has to do with your family. Don't put off indefinitely spending time with your children. My children are older now and getting older, right? You can't get back time. Don't put it off. Make hay while the sun still shines. Spend time with your children. Don't put off restoring your relationship with your elderly parents if they're still with us, or other relationships that may have been broken in your life of loved ones. Don't waste time. Make hay while the sun still shines. It's summertime. It's time to harvest. Don't wait to share Messiah with your close friends or your family members. Invite people now to come with you to services. If you're, watching on, if you're watching online, hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button. Put the link in your social media. How often? You know, so, so many people are on social media right now. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever it might be, all the different TikTok. Okay, you got all these social media things. How often are you reaching out with your social media? Talking about God, talking about your relationship with God, talking about things that you've seen and experienced, talking about, boy, coming to, coming to looking forward to going to Shabbat services. That's not preaching. You're just saying what you're doing. Good gosh, people put weirder stuff than that online for sure. <laughs> it's, I don't even want to, you know what I'm talking about. People put weird stuff, you know, I'm getting a, a, a milkshake now and I think I'm going to put a, a, a chopped up banana in it. Well, thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. That's five seconds of my life. I'll never get back reading that. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? People put, how, how much more important to put something like, hey, listen, go into the house of God this weekend. Anybody who wants to come, I'll, I'll see you there. Hey, bring your children now to Tuesday night scripture study while, while there's still time to have an influence in their lives while, the, while it's still summer. Bring them kids to, to Tuesday nights. Sue, our children's ministry director, has we have incredible programs for all ages, all the way through college, and then there's an adult study in here too. But perhaps you don't need an adult Bible study. Maybe you already know it all. <laughs> Improve your prayer life now. You hear what I'm saying? Don't wait to do the right thing. Don't wait to do what you know you need to do. Don't put whatever that is off until another day. Make hay 
while the sun still shines. Gather your crops while it is summer. Otherwise, Scripture says it's disgraceful. It's disgraceful. It's not a subtle comment. It's not a subtle word. God says it's disgraceful. <laughs> I, could, I could see in my little computer simulation in my business class that we had to crank it up and go big now while the opportunity was there. How much more critical to take the opportunity to do things that are so much more significant than a computer simulation. How much more important. The Messianic music group Lamb has an old song, one of my favorites, Mark's too. And the song says, do you need an engraved invitation? To lead you to the promised land? <laughs> I love that. In other words, what exactly do you need to convince you to do something that's going to be beneficial to you? Do you need an engraved invitation? It's a great song. The principle is just as good. And listen, don't be afraid to be shaken up just a little bit. Shavuot was yesterday, it is summer. There will always be excuses as to why not. Always there will be excuses as to why not. It's time to get busy for God and for his purposes in your life. It's time to get busy. Hebrews chapter 3 as we prepare to tie up our introduction. Hebrews chapter 3. <laughs> just kidding. I was just kidding. I was just Hebrews chapter 3, there's an urgency that we see about today in scriptures. There's an urgency that we see about today. What do you mean today? You mean uh, May 25th or 6th, whatever today is? Are you talking about this day? No, no, no. I mean today. If you're watching this YouTube video in 2030, let me tell you what I mean. I mean today, the day you're watching it right now. There's an urgency in Scripture about today. Whenever you're watching or listening via podcast, there's an urgency about today. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 says, But encourage one another day by day as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, for we have become partners of Messiah if we hold our original conviction firm until the end. See, we have work to do, and we have to work day by day, yom yom, as we see in Scripture. We have to work day by day. As long as it is called today, we should be encouraging one another, helping one another, and doing what we know that we should be doing. Carpe diem means seize the day. We should carpe summer. It's not exactly Latin, you understand, partially. <laughs> seize the summer. Carpe summer. The summer is when the crops are ready. Yet we know what Yeshua teaches us in Luke chapter 12. 
to store up treasures only for ourselves is a fool's folly. This is why we have to take opportunities while we have them in every area of our lives to do good, to spend time with the people that we love, to save money, to give money, to restore relationships, to reach out with, to those without faith, to be bold in our decisions, to major on the majors and let the minor stuff brush off, to grow in your walk with God, to travel, to invest in others, to share our wisdom. You see, it has many applications. Summer doesn't last forever. Opportunities we have today will eventually go away. Don't live life full of regrets about what you did not do or did not try. As the greatest hockey player of all time, Wayne Gretzky said, quote, you miss 100% of the shots that you do not take. Be bold, Mishpacha. When the crops are ready, be willing to take some risks. It's summer. Shavuot is over. The Feast of Trumpets is next. It's time to get busy. The title of my message is Make Hay. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If you've never given your life to God, how about today? If that's you and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you'd like to, raise your hand and we'll pray. If you've never given your life to God, but you'd like to, just lift your hand and we'll pray together. If that's you, don't let anything get in the way. Nothing could be better. Make hay while the sun still shines, S-O-N. Perhaps you're watching online and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. You've never committed your life to God. Repeat these simple words after me as a prayer to your Creator and He will touch you. Say, Dear God, I humbly come before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe He's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God. If you said that prayer for the first time, you're watching online or via the podcast, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. Best decision you've ever made. And if you're in the room here and you said that prayer for the first time, see me after the service. We want to celebrate with you. We had somebody in our mishpacha just this week say that prayer to come to faith in Messiah Yeshua. It's a wonderful testimony. 
Lord, I pray for all the rest of us, God, that you will help us learn, God, to harvest when it is summer, to not have idle hands, but to harvest. No matter what point we're at in our lives, whether it be a physical harvest, meaning in our careers or our jobs or that kind of thing, and, and even more so in a spiritual sense, Lord God, where at any age, Lord, you've given us opportunities, Lord, to harvest people that we can reach out to and invest in and pray for and uplift and encourage strangers that we can share the truth with in, in a loving way, relationships that we can mend if we're willing no matter what the other person does for us to do our part. Lord, help us make hay while the sun, S-O-N, is shining. Help us in this summer now that the harvest is in full steam. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts. We bless you and we thank you for a wonderful Shabbat and holiday weekend. We ask these things, Bashem Yeshua. Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-641. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.